0: Greetings, and welcome to the Tapestry Podcast. My name is Chris Turner. Tapestry is the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. Joining me today are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hello, Chris. Hey, Chris. So, guys, I wanted to have you on today because we're getting close to -to back-to-school season, and I know that this can be a really difficult time for our adopted and foster kids. There's anxiety growing because of uh, new schedules, And there's new transitions they're going to have to navigate. So I wanted to have you all on so we could talk about how we can help them manage this time. So why is this a difficult time for our kids?
1: Well, I think there's just a lot of unknown for our kids. And most of our kids really need to know what's going to happen. They need predictability. And so they're walking into a class full of... New students, a new teacher, maybe if they're transitioning from elementary to middle school or middle school to high school, they're going to a totally new school, Mm -hmm. or if they've moved or whatever might be causing them to go to a new school. So I think a lot of the unknown causes that anxiety that our kids feel, as well as just just the newness of this new grade, and will I fit in with these classmates, and will I be able to do the work, and all of those just normal school anxieties are just brought to the forefront at the beginning of the school year. Mm
0: -hmm. So what are some ways that we can help our kids not necessarily get over this anxiety but but lessen it so that getting back into school is, is an easier transition for them.
1: Well I think that as we begin to set the tone for our kids we We don't just jump back into school having been on a summer schedule. Mm -hmm. We transition them slowly. So maybe we start a week beforehand with an earlier bedtime or with getting up at an earlier time in the morning with a little more structure to the day. Mm -hmm. So our kids get used to moving from one thing to the next. And, And we have to know our kids. You know, some of our kids need a lot more of that than others. You know, if they offer a meet the teacher day, make sure you go so they can have that. Opportunity to meet the ki- meet the teacher before the first day of school.
0: I know that's always been a. A really good time for for our kids to be able to have that opportunity.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because then they put a face to this name Mm -hmm. that they've been given. And oftentimes they can meet some of their classmates. They can see who's going to be in their class. And even that is going to help them just be able to calm the fear of, will I get my best friend in my class? Or will I have that person that always picks on me in my class? And it may bring more anxiety if they find out that that kid that picks on them is in their class. But then you can deal with that and you can talk about it. You say, okay, well, did you have anybody in your class that, you know, you were excited about? How about anybody that you were nervous about? And you can just having conversations about what they're nervous about, what they're anxious. Cause some kids they're so excited about the first day of school, but I would say a good majority of our kids are not necessarily excited because new things are harder. Mm-hmm. Transitions are harder. You know, some of our kids are emotionally, a lot younger. And so fitting in with peers can sometimes be harder. Right. So I think um, just being able to, you know, meet the teacher and start a new schedule, you know, getting your routine at home and just prepare them for what's to come. It's kind of like practicing outside of the moment right, for a new routine, you know, and just Instead of just jumping into it, because the temptation is, we want to get to sleep in as many days as we possibly can. You know, we want to be free of a routine as many days as we possibly can. But then, when you do that, then the first week of school is miserable because Mm -hmm. everybody is off. So it's better if you can start even a couple weeks before school, just slowly. You know, if they've been sleeping till nine o'clock in the morning, then now they get up at eight thirty. You know, if they. And just slowly bring that time back, or if they've been staying up until you know 10 o'clock at night, well, then you're slowly bringing it back to whatever time because we know our kids need more sleep and they right. can't continue to stay up late and then get up early and function at any normal level.
2: I like the idea of getting back on schedule before it's absolutely necessary mm-hmm. because I think that for a lot of our kids, predictability is an antidote for anxiety. Yes, and we already do this within our homes. So, I know a lot of people um, do this. we do it we 're like we 'll have a calendar on the side of the fridge and write big upcoming things and so the kids can either see what 's on the horizon or they can count the number of days before we 're going on vacation with grandparents before we 're going to the water park before we're going um, going anywhere and so the predictability for our kids because so many of them come from chaos or unpredictability. So many of them come from environments where things were done on a womb and they felt like there was no control. And so predictability helps them feel like things are in, under control. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really, in a lot of ways, is an anxiety is an anxiety antidote. I know it is for some of our kids. Being able to put things on the calendar is good for them. When we travel, we give our older son our flight number, mm-hmm. and he can track us, and then he has far less anxiety about our travel because he air quotes knows where we are right. at all at all times. So that's really, really good, uh, getting into the routine ahead of time because that's kind of like practicing, at least you're doing the morning and evening routine, practicing those outside of the moment Mm -hmm. when they're necessary. Uh, When we went to Orlando in May, it was the first time we'd flown with all of the kids and so one of the ways that we kind of helped them through kind of processing, okay, we'll be on an airplane, is we took the dining room chairs, arranged them like the seating configuration of an airplane and practiced boarding and deplaning several times in the entry of our home Mm. so that it wasn't a brand new experience. They saw there were three seats, there was an aisle, there were three seats, they know what that looked like, they know how to walk down, they understood all the concepts. Um, So I think that practicing outside of the moment is really, really valuable because our kids need predictability because so many of them come from a lack of predictability. And and I think, you know, the problem shouldn't be dismissed because I think sometimes, ah, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Particularly for kids who are in foster care, or have had multiple placements in foster care, along with those multiple placements has generally come school moving. Right. And so um, getting back to school is sometimes a very painful reminder of their story Mm -hmm. of their lives so far. And we can't dismiss it. We can't overreact to it. And we have a responsibility to help them through all that.
1: And I think um, just talking about the practicing outside the moment, I think, I remember, like some middle schools will like let the kids walk through their schedule, mm. you know, ahead of time. They go and pick up their schedule, and maybe high schools do this too.
0: You can see the like where your cl- you, you yes. get to know ahead of time where each of your classrooms yes. is. So there's and no-
1: I think that's a great thing for our kids to be able to walk through their schedule, and even the younger kids to maybe when it's meet the teacher day. You practice getting ready, getting your backpack, getting your lunch, you know, whatever the routine is that you're going to have, you pretend that you're getting in the car to go to school Mm -hmm. and you walk to school as though that's what you're going to be doing, you know, and if it's different, I mean, you know, so if the bus is going to take them to school, then maybe you practice walking to the bus stop Mm -hmm. or, you know, if they're going to have a carpool, whatever it is, as much as you can practice it ahead of time. Then they know what to expect that day. So for our kids that have more anxiety about back to school, you can help them by just practicing all those little things that are happening along the way.
2: Mm -hmm. I think what we need to be very, very aware of is that our kids spend so much of their time at school during the school here. And we accept that if you want to get better at soccer, you have to go to soccer practice. Well, if you want to be better at going to school, you need to practice going to school. Mm -hmm. Because our kids spent just a ton of time there during the school year. School is a big issue in in our lives. And we have to do whatever we can to mitigate the anxiety surrounding it. And so if you have to come up early from work and practice walking to school or whatever, you need to do those things. Because setting the correct tone up front, not guaranteeing that you'll have a peaceful year, Mm. but I'm saying that you're giving yourself a better shot for it.
0: I know that for in our family, managing expectations and managing transitions have been two great parenting tools mm-hmm. for us. And so what we talked about earlier, the setting the new schedule and practicing yeah. that a week out or so has been great for us the past two years. We've been to every meet the teacher night. Mm-hmm. So our kids always know this is the classroom. There's the cafeteria. There's the library. Here's the bathrooms. All those major things they're going to need to yeah, know throughout exactly. the course of a school day. And so, yeah, then the first days of school is full of excitement. Yeah. You know, you get to go to school. I get to see so-and-so because we saw them at Meet the Teacher Night. Mm-hmm. And it it definitely paves the way for an
2: easier start to the school year. Well, I like what you when you pointed out, here's your classroom, here's the cafeteria. Because for our kids who have food for issues, shoes, if right. you can let you them know in advance that there is a place that's going to give you food and you'll mm-hmm. get it every day. Um, again, that's not going to remove the issue, but it certainly is going to go a long way to helping mitigate it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's, it is giving setting proper expectations of of what their day will look like. Mm. You know, if it's a kid that's new to school or um, maybe things have changed from one grade to the next. So maybe they used to eat in their classroom and now they're going to eat in the cafeteria. Or maybe they used to have snack time and this year they don't get snack time. Mm. Or, yeah. you know, whatever those things are that are, that are different. Because usually as the parent, you kind of know a little bit in advance of... What's going to happen? Um, I know I was a classroom teacher, and when I was in the classroom, we would spend a lot of time the first week, even two weeks, just practicing all the things that we needed to do in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we make a line? I taught third grade. So, you know, it was like eight year olds. And so it's like, how do we line up to go somewhere else? How do we, what do we do in the hallway? And we practiced it over and over again, not just when we needed to line up. We would practice it other times. You know, okay, this is how we do this. Here, somebody want to show me how do we do this. Okay, who else can do this? You know, I mean, we did it all the time in the classroom. So they're going to get that in the classroom. I would say most teachers do that um, just naturally as you're making your routines. But if you practice on the other end, the, you know, getting to and from school and just giving them an idea of what it's going to be like at school, then it's going to help.
2: You know, when you get a new job. There is an onboarding process. And we talk about this a fair amount. I think we spoke about this a lot recently, how we expect better from our children than we do of ourselves. Right. Like, you know, when people get a new job before that first Monday on the job, they might, you know, take a trial run in the traffic to the new location to see exactly how long it's going to take them to get there. Mm -hmm. And so we accept these things intuitively for ourselves, and we just have to intentionally accept these things for our children as well. Um, I love that you spent the first two weeks teaching them the proper procedures and practices over the classroom because that's what you do when you get a new job, you get the on-the-job training.
0: So other than managing transitions and practicing outside the moment, what are some other key areas we need to focus on to help make back to school uh, an easier time for our kids?
1: I have found that making sure my kids get enough sleep is helpful. Now we homeschool, so we have the luxury on most days except when we're going to a co-op, we have the luxury of being able to sleep in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But most kids have to get up so early. Yes. I mean, they are they're up at the crack of dawn and they're not getting to bed early enough, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, you can you can Google, you know, how much sleep should my child be getting and you're going to get you're going to be amazed by the number of hours they recommend kids get and I mean it's the time when our kids brains are developing and their bodies are growing and so if they don't get enough of that time then they're not going to be ready to go the next day so Mm -hmm. I think making sure that they get enough sleep at night um, and even if that means you know the first week of school it's hard and I used to as a teacher came home and took a nap every day for Mm -hmm. like the first couple of weeks because I was so tired, and I was, it's just hard for me as an adult. Mm-hmm. So sometimes our kids, even those you know older kids that think that they don't need a nap, you know, getting a little nap that first week as their body's readjusting to how much brain power they're using at school mm-hmm. and how much just energy that they're they're using. Um, making sure that they get enough sleep is one thing, and then I also think um, just nutrition. I saw kids coming to school with, you know, a bag of potato chips as their snack. And I could tell you the kids that had a better quality snack or a better quality lunch. I mean, kids would come with like miniature cans of soda in their lunch. And I was thinking, we're going to get a big sugar rush and then we're mm-hmm. going to crash before the mm-hmm. end of the day. And I I would encourage you to stay away from really sugary things at school because they amp up for just a little bit and then they crash, mm-hmm. you know. But to get more um, nutritious foods for school and even before school, you know, I mean, maybe they eat at the cafeteria. So you don't know. They may pick the junkiest things they can pick because now a cafeteria looks more like a, you know, food court. You know, Mm -hmm. there's most of the cafeterias have like multiple options, at least when they get to the older grades. But, you know, when we at least send them to school with something, you know, they had a good breakfast Um, And maybe pack them a good snack for after school or if they get a snack during the day, something that's got some protein in it, something, you know, that's going to sustain them a little longer. Because, I mean, we know that our kids need to eat every about every two hours. Now, that's not always possible at school. I mean, chances are they're not going to get a morning snack and an afternoon snack in addition to their lunch. It's just not it's just not how the days usually work if they do awesome if the you know some teachers will let them eat in class if they're hungry great you just have to find out if your teacher is one of them but at least starting their day with something good and packing a snack that's good um, that can help sustain them i think those are really important
2: it's interesting you mentioned starting the day with something good um, we are more night owlish people than we are morning people but realize obviously the value of a good morning routine and so um, traditionally breakfast has kind of looked like for the adults in our house, has been just grab something um, quickly because we'd rather stay in bed for 15 extra minutes (laughs) than than have breakfast. But we've kind of, you know, the last month or so, been really kind of working on that and and getting up together at the same time. And and even if the kids are still sleeping, Kayla and I will come down and have breakfast together. And while I'm getting ready, she'll make us breakfast. And most mornings, those uh, that breakfast consists of something plus fried eggs. And we were talking about this yesterday, how just by starting that with like the incredible edible egg, remember this with the commercials, <laughs> starting with the, with the incredible edible egg, I'm noticing that I want lunch like 90 minutes later than I traditionally want to eat. And mm-hmm. I notice that, that my energy level is more sustained. And if my energy level is more sustained in the morning, my, my brain's functioning better as well. And so just having a really nutritious breakfast that is intentional and thought out, you know, when, when we do the train the trainer events uh, and train people how to become power to connect parent trainers, we have a lady that, that helps us with those events, and we put a lot of thought into the afternoon snacks mm-hmm. because that's when people people are waning. So a lot of high protein stuff, right, uh, vegetables, things of that nature. Um, almost abandoned all the high sugar stuff in the afternoon. And found out that we were, and found that we were having people who were just like, you know, we could make it to the end of the day in a good place because we were giving our body the fuel that was necessary to help us get there. And and we have to think about our children the same way. I mean, you have to set your child up for success. That's one of my responsibilities as their parent is to set them up for success. And when I send them to school with Coca-Cola and and potato chips, um, I'm not sure I'm doing that. Mm.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you can find tons of like quick ideas because I know if you're getting a lot of kids ready in the morning, I mean, you don't have time to cook everybody eggs every morning. You know, I mean, it's just not possible. It's not it's not practical, you know, but you can I mean, if you go on Pinterest, you can find like a zillion. I mean, I just did a quick search and I found like tons of quick, healthy breakfast foods, you know, Mm -hmm. that you can make ahead of time. I mean, you can make, like, breakfast burritos ahead of time. Um, So you could spend a Saturday morning. Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah, and you can make, like, little, like, quiches and muffin Mm tins and stuff like that. So, I mean, you can make even high-protein-like pancakes. I mean, my kids love pancakes. And if you put some, like, real maple syrup on it, it's not quite as bad of a sugar high, you know, Mm -hmm. and my kids will eat that. So you, you know, put peanut butter in your, you know, pancakes or whatever. I mean, just, just adding a little bit extra, um, protein to something they already like instead of giving them a pop tart as they walk out the door you know I mean my kids would love to eat pop tarts every morning
2: Yeah, this is not a a good place to do the you have two choices you can have a pop tart or you can have frosted flakes (laughs) both please yes because I
1: mean let's face it cereal is easy and kids can fix it themselves you know we started something at our house called the breakfast station it wasn't an original idea if you google it you can probably find whoever started it I don't know who it is but basically, our kids have to choose from three different groups um, of foods, right? So they have to pick a grain, a whole grain, so they can have oatmeal, or they could have a piece of toast, or they can have a bagel or something like that. And then they pick um, a protein or a dairy, so they can have yogurt, or they could have a cheese stick, or they could have, you know, a piece of ham or whatever, and then they pick a fruit, And that's their breakfast. And so that way they get choices, but their choices are in certain categories right? so that they don't go, well, I got myself a bowl of cereal. That was what I wanted. I'm like, you can have a bowl of cereal, but you also need protein and you also need fruit to go with it. And
2: Mm -hmm. they they love breakfast, the breakfast station.
1: They really do. Because
2: there is this feeling of control because Mm -hmm. at, at, at every junction, they're confronted with the choice that they get to make. And um, you know On the weekends We'll do like Big family breakfast And there will actually be Like disappointment Among <laughs> among the masses Because they're like Oh we're not, no We wanted to do breakfast station. Choice? Yeah And and it's just You know it, it's, it's again Something that's easy to do And I mean You can stock the breakfast station Before you go to bed Right Yeah and Stuff like that. It's really really simple to do I
1: try and stock it Like once a week mm. With stuff That way I'm not doing it All the time But I just have I have a box that I put the stuff that's non-perishable, like, you know, I will put like a nutri bar or, uh, you know, some kind of a like a protein bar or something like that that they can get out of there or like instant oatmeal or we like to make our own instant oatmeal even. Mm. And so I'll put that in, the, in there and then they can pick from, you know, and I've got a list of items they can choose from. I'll see if I can find the person who did that and we can put that in the show notes okay. um, because it explains it probably better than what I've done here, but it's a great easy way to make sure they're getting some of these things mm.
2: and giving them some control. It's always good when we can give our kids some sort of control because we know that there's a part of their history where control uh, was not something they had right. and they were just, they were just at the, at the, the mercy or the whim of, of people or their situation. And so anytime we can do something that gives our kids some control I think that's a win, mm-hmm. and I think the breakfast station does that. I know
0: in our family, I'm really thankful that none of our kids have nut allergies or yes. dairy allergies, yes. because when we are rushed in the mornings, peanut butter on toast is an easy, quick breakfast. They're getting a little protein, yeah. and they all love yogurt. All the boys love yogurt, so yeah. that's always a good way to get dairy and protein into them in the mornings before they head off to school. Yeah,
1: absolutely. One of my,
2: one of my favorite breakfasts is a peanut butter sandwich and a cup of hot tea. Mm-hmm. Just love that. <laughs>
0: One other aspect we need to be aware of when our kids are starting a new school year is interacting with a teacher, and we are going to focus on that in our next episode. I'd like to thank Ryan and Kayla for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. If you have a question for us that will fit into 140 characters, you may tweet it to us at Tapestry IBC. If you require a bit more room, you can email us at tapestry at You may also find us on Facebook at Tapestry IBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. You can also subscribe from our website, tapestryministry.org. Thank you for listening.